Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. Hey guys! Hey! Hey! How are you feeling today? Pretty good. Well, I'm processing somewhat normally. Why? How about you? How are you feeling? I am functioning within normal parameters. Oh, good! Wait, uh, are you sure? There's I something... am functioning within normal parameters. Hmm, there's something. I am, I am, I'm. Oh, oh no. Uh oh. I'm. She started feeling. Yo, I'm... no! There go the contractions. Yay! <laughs> it's episode 316, The Offspring! Yay! <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Becca Scott. Here with Commander Xander Genere. Yeah. <laughs> and Ensign Jake Michaels. Hello. Uh, you were demoted. Demoted. <laughs> you know, I feel like I should be demoted after I preempted your joke. And then when you asked us how we were, we didn't ask didn't you ask how you, you were. <laughs> and like you politely <laughs> pointed to yourself, something. like, come on, guys, this <laughs> yeah. is the basics of improv, which is to bounce the ball back. And neither of us just did that. No, did I the point ball. to myself? I don't know you that did. I did that. But, but Rebecca, to be fair, like you were worried you were going to be the unstable ones, and we didn't play along properly nope. at yeah, all. Yeah, that was so, us. Like, that's on us. Yeah. There's no that's rules. Like, I liked it. As if you just threw a red ball at us, and we just stared Kept at it. it. And it just, yeah, and one of us tried floor. to eat it. Like it was just. But not then good. your hand went up three seconds later. Right. Like well. <laughs> This episode, I don't have a cool synopsis in front of me like Jake, but I'm just stealing all the things he normally does. Wow. Data downloads his brain into a new body to create his own offspring. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's pretty much right. I will say my description literally in all caps says Data makes a baby. Yeah. Data <laughs> makes a baby. <laughs> and he didn't consult anyone first, which was rude. He consulted zero people. <laughs> no one else on the ship has to do such things when they procreate. I thought that was such a good point. Like lots, just lots succinct. of zingers. Yeah. <laughs> it shut Picard down too. Uh-huh. Picard was like, oh, well, touche. I found myself being very androidist. Right. Well, that's Human the thing. Ist. Is there that's it's Picard confronting a personal bias in something that he has spent a lot of time fighting for, which he addresses later on. You know, mm-hmm. as the this admiral has no concept of what it's like to interact with an android on a day to day basis. Well, let's let's start at the beginning. So, uh, Jordy, Wesley, and Deanna mm-hmm. are marching down the corridor of the Enterprise. Sassily how... in an all blue outfit with a big slit <laughs> up the leg, but blue, yes. a teal colored pants matching the overcoat underneath, and some heels. And this right. isn't Wesley. We're talking about Troy. Troy, right. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and yes, lots of sassy walks. And we're talking about how Data has been shut up in the lab recently. After ever since he came back from that cybernetics conference, turns out Data has created another android. Right. I get it because after I watched the Oscars last week. I really decided that I was going to direct short films for a day. Uh, <laughs> you felt Just inspired. like that cybernetics conference. How, mm-hmm. how far did you get in that process? I thought about script ideas. That's basically <laughs> having a baby right there. <laughs> Here's a, you now have parental experience, directorial experience. Right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 
So the the these three are a little bit shocked, but right after we get back from the title sequence, Picard comes in and has this, I guess, somewhat uncharacteristic, uh, uncharacteristically uncaring attitude towards like the life form aspect of this mm-hmm. at first. But I think we're like establishing that we're trying to put a place for him to grow from, right? Yeah, he has a conservative viewpoint about it, perhaps a humanistic <laughs> one, but to his point. This was a flippant creation of life without much care for, uh, you know, the potential consequences, which is Mm -hmm. what he brings up. Well, that's his perspective because we know that Data can think about these sort of things and the consequences and until he experiences them, who knows if they're true. But, you know, Data probably had put a lot of thought into it. And that was Picard saying, oh, I need to catch up to where you are because this is not just some toy that you've made, you know. Yeah, at first I was like, uh, why are they putting Picard in this position? But as you see as the episode goes on rather quickly that he needs to formulate how exactly to deal with this, which is a really fair assessment from him. And I also I love how when he brings uh, Data to the ready room, he says, you know, Data, this is a stupendous achievement. Mm-hmm. And so like or a stupendous undertaking. Yeah. And when he like when he pauses, you think he's going to kind of condemn him. He's like yeah. you're over you're like you're overextending what you should be doing. And instead, he it's somewhat of a praise uh, in in like this achievement. Yeah. Picard had some really good uh ways to express his opinion and and just the, it felt very supportive the whole time and not like a captain yelling at someone. I don't know. It's kind of like a yes, but yeah, you yeah. didn't ask. Okay, good <laughs> job. I see that you have turned this petri dish into an entire society, but yeah. <laughs> maybe next time. Yes. Maybe next time we do it in the kitchen, not under your bed, huh, Lisa? <laughs> Why? Well, wait. Actually, now that you bring it up, both Troy and Wesley are examples of people who've accidentally procreated. Oh. Both in the nanites. And in like the impregnation, like, yeah, Troy didn't really have a choice will, in that one though. Wait, but, what was yeah. Wesley's? Oh, the nanites. The nanites had created yeah. like a sentient, yeah. But well, neither of those were intended, right? This was an intention, I guess. But th- I think that's th- I just never put that together. So mm-hmm. I just was. It's interesting that they were there for that. Yeah, you don't blame the pregnant teenager for being pregnant. Right. Well, right. and that's kind of what this exactly. is a little bit, right? It feels like a teen mom episode yeah, a yeah. little bit. Because the, the whole thing is about Data being unprepared for this undertaking. But honestly, he's great. He's never yeah. He never does anything wrong. He just is like experiencing it and figuring it out. He's a great parent. Um, I do love, Becca, the, the point you bring up, which is that when Picard confronts him on it, Data says, I have not observed anyone else on board consulting you about yeah. their procreation. And like, cool. no so response good. to that. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> you Here's can walk out thing. now, Picard. Okay, so Data was not able to recreate what his fancy doctor dad did, and neither was anyone else. Data is one of his kind, except, of course, for lore, um, which is what oh, makes him yeah. so special. Now, at this cybernetics conference, he learned about new technology that allowed him to download or create a, a facsimile of his own brain mm-hmm. in this other positronic brain. Yes. Now, if that new possibility was able to happen, why wouldn't Starfleet just command him to make a thousand copies or say, you know what? Yeah, I know we've respected your autonomy so far and like we passed that law that three people were in the courtroom for, but actually we want a bunch of androids and now that we know how to copy what's already been done, you don't, you don't have the rights anymore. You bring up an excellent, excellent point, and this is something that gets explored, but it's way, 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 way later. 
way later. Lol. There, there's probably <laughs> a this 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 episode also probably establishes a little bit of like Data's independence and yes. liberties, right? Which is what we get into at the la- later half of the episode. But I bet the outcome of this is that they can't order him to, in a word, procreate, even though it would be like copy pasting himself. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Forced impregnation. Well, or, well, yeah. yeah. And thankfully, he doesn't have to gestate any other androids. But the other factor of this is, is like cloning is really a big no-no in Star mm-hmm. Trek land. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think they were worried about maybe that aspect of it too. But I'm excited to hear that it comes up in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, the future, future, the future, future, future. <laughs> so, and get ready, excited for season two of Picard. Just yeah. yeah. Very excited about that. Can't wait for the ace up that sleeve. Mm-hmm. No, the Q, oh. the queen up that sleeve. Yeah. But but what I will say too is that um, this is also the ultimate sort of enemy for Picard because one of the main character foils we've had for him is he hates kids. What if he was presented with a kid? Uh, so it's not Q, it's not the Borg, it's children. <laughs> he's also frequently reminded of his inadequacy to have an opinion because, because... he's not a parent, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is a tough line, right? I love this is later later in the episode, but I love what Data comes back with of like his shade of like, well, I wonder how much experience the Admiral had the first time he was a parent. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that is shade, <laughs> but it makes a, br- a great point because while he had been looking for advice from other successful parents uh which is what he called beverly uh like he acknowledges that you can only do what you're you're capable of in the moment you have to make split decisions and and whether you've been a parent or not is irrelevant because you're going to be fronted with these decisions no matter what so right one more great quote from this exchange Data, I am not talking about parenting i'm talking about the extraordinary consequences of creating a new life <laughs> yeah what a thing to exclaim. <laughs> <laughs> does that not describe parenting, sir? Pretty good. It does. It is the consequences, right? Mm-hmm. It's that responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's why it does feel, again, like an after-school special. And again, yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like it takes the lesson and it yeah. really uh, explores it. And teen pregnancy being that, but then also in a Star Trek context, context where we talk about sentience and mm-hmm. liberty. So let's see, Lol becomes sentient and needs to choose their gender because they're unassigned, right? Yeah. This so is, uh, I had some you know, thoughts. Of course. <laughs> there is, you know, gender neutrality was not a thing in 1990, but now it Here's is. Here's the thing. It yeah. was. Well, but right, 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 right. Yeah. It's just not, uh, yeah. The thing about especially identifying as a queer person or finding out is a lot of it is like the resources that are available to you. And so when you learn about a term or something, you can sort of put it on and be like, is this me? Yeah, this is me. Or no, this does not feel like me. But if you don't know what these terms are, then it's a little bit harder to to find the way to identify yourself. One of the problems that I had was that uh, Lol was going through the sequence and is like gender male female. My gender is well, like uh, a neutral. Neuter. I think yeah, neuter. Gender yeah. neuter and, and then, then inadequate. That's, oh, I was like non-binary people exist. <laughs> right. So like yeah. I was thinking about this too because in 1990 this is actually a very progressive scene at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like I want to let. Lol choose yes. Lol's gender. Yeah, and there Lol was has that freedom. Subtext that was trying to be put in 
towards. Right, right. And well, and I think I don't even think it was subtext. It was it was direct. Yeah. I mean, I think they definitely were like the parent says, you know, this is an independent life form that can choose how it represents itself and how it wants to appear to society. Right. Yeah. And so Lal, of course, says, well, I want to look like her. Right. <laughs> like, No, right. that's going to be confusing. We all yeah. want to look like her, too. <laughs> yeah. But we can't. So you choose one. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't think they would have known. I, maybe they would have known. There, there were some progressive elements in this show that actually did get shut out. But I think that one was just I feel like a misstep so much as like in such a progressive moment for 1990. Yeah, yeah. So I want to I want to like hold on to that as much. As yeah, I can. Jake, totally. I like that you're highlighting the good aspect yeah. of gender can be a choice and that's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. And just they were living in a binary when it's not a binary. And right. The writers on this were pretty progressive, too. Uh, Later on in the scenes where um, Lal is observing in 10 forward uh, Mm -hmm. another couple, uh, a couple like making out and like Mm -hmm. being affectionate towards each other. And she's remarking about their flirting. There was uh, a push on set to make that a same sex couple. That would have been so good. And they almost went through with it. But someone called up to the production office and executives got it shut down. And that's, of course, a symptom of like. 1990 where there's still like cables new so like it's five channels competing and they need to like stay as safe in their minds as possible before mm-hmm. offending anybody but they were so close yeah. so like we're, we're making steps and yeah. I, I yeah I'm looking up right now when Buffy season three happened. I don't know the first gay kisses on television but I know that Willow and Tara is yeah. pretty excellent yes 1998 and, is yeah. that season Star Trek has one too there's also Riker gets in a relationship in a future episode with a with a non-binary species, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what I do want to to highlight the good things that they did because this is also a great example for teaching someone who may not be familiar with transgender people or like that concept of like I am not the body or the gender, like I, or I can confirm this by how I uh, appear to other people or not. You know, having this this form of lull before gender is really a cool way to sort of be like, think of it like this, you know what I mean? Either as yeah. an explanation of a non-binary person or as someone who maybe not doesn't fit the gender they were assigned at birth. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's all a matter of their perceptions too, like and how they feel. So like lol doesn't have any context yet. So lol's yeah. going around and pointing at people and telling their gender, which felt like weird at the moment, but you see... That's the heuristic heuristics we talk about. Yes, the gender confirmation and gender euphoria. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Correction, Tara doesn't appear in Buffy until season four, the okay. episode Hush. What year is that, I guess? That's what Nin- I want to know. 1999. Yeah, December so that'd be about 10 years after this, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. But still, we're we're getting there, one step at a time. Uh, this also was Jonathan Frakes' directorial debut, as a matter of fact. Oh, that's, uh, so that's why. why you don't oh, see him. That's in why this he was at a much. conference or yeah. at a shore leave. Yeah, yeah. So that's why his one contribution is just kissing just, a woman and leaving. Yeah, yeah. Well, the woman <laughs> did kiss him, but yeah, yes. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. Uh, so the bartender, right? Guinan. No, 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 no. Who does? Oh, that's right. He walks in and says, "Oh, he, yeah. lol, you're new here." After she had just observed kissing, so that's right. it's like a new. So person, she starts taking so she, initiative. Yeah. yeah, you could see it right away. She tried to do like a flirty thing first, <laughs> and then moved right away. So I'm going to say that probably wasn't scripted. That was a directorial choice. <laughs> I like no. to think I like to think Jonathan Frakes is not always horny on Maine, just the right. character. Yeah, it's oh, Riker. you would be wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can't play it that well if you don't uh. mean it. 
Haley Todd is the actor who played Lol. I thought she did a great job. It's, yeah. it's tough, tough shoes to fill. Yeah, being next to Brent Spiner. Yeah, not. I mean, despite tough Goldberg shoes or no and, tough shoes, she yeah. held her own and she yeah. crushed it. Mm-hmm. So impressed with Haley, whatever her face is. Did I say uh, tough shoes? Is that the phrase? It's big shoes, right? Tough, yeah, big shoes. Tough, to fill. tough shoes. It can be any kind of shoes. <laughs> with the Hot, shoes that fit heels. the outfit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Tough high heels to fill for lol, and she fills them. Yeah, I love I love the sequence, the montage of him teaching her because he also teaches her uh, human mannerisms. And I like the blinking sequence too. It's like this is also Brent Spiner's acting class for yeah. being his android, <laughs> right? Totally. Like these are the things that I do to make me seem robotic, you know, yeah. in my acting. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like interestingly, as we explore Law throughout the episode, she masters contractions, which is something that poor Data still can't figure out. Uh, yeah, and yet he can program it. Right? Cannot figure out. Thank yeah. you. Xander. Well, she also mastered humor without even understanding the concept. Mm. So did all she? Of the children laughed at her. No, <laughs> I loved that bit though. She mastered overcoming bu- overcoming bullying. Yeah, that's what it was. That was another really good assessment from Data. He again, mm-hmm. what a great parent he is. What did he say to her in the turbo lift about like why are they mean? And he's like, well, some understand. people treat uh, things that are different. Some people are scared by things that are different, and so mm-hmm. they use like humor to uh, compensate for their fear. Right. It's like, oh yeah, <sighs> that's what self consciousness is. That's why anybody attacks other people's because they're scared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. he just like go give some talks yeah. <laughs> all over America? Parenting like, seminars. People, more about um, humanity. Stop being afraid of change, America. Wow. <laughs> Get your vaccine already. Yes, do that. <laughs> yeah, it's fear, right? No, yeah, insecurity. Yeah. Not not sure what the outcome will be. Therefore, we need to attack it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really didn't even think about her acting once because I was so suspended in my disbelief yeah. that she was a robot. Right, right. It was very well <laughs> Android, done. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say that haircut really helps too. It feel very... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I had that haircut once. Oh, yeah? The blunt the, things. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I got... Um, <clears throat> I'll send you a picture. It can be in the show notes. Yeah. I Ooh. like... I like that the next progression after the montage of learning how to robot better, Android, <laughs> Android better, is what is my purpose? Just yeah. like Butterbot. Mm, boy. Well, and this is the example of showing sentience. Like, what does it mean to be sentient? And it's like, oh, we've, we got there. Like, if you're asking this question, whoop, ding, ding, ding. This is another one for Data's seminar because his answer was, our function is to contribute in a positive way to the world in which we live. Yeah. So many gems of advice. I mean, mm-hmm. they were on fire with this episode. Yeah. I guess I guess LOL is the prototype for Butterbot, which is right. a character, of course, from Rick what and Morty. What is my function? Uh, what is my function? Pass the butter. That's it. That's all you do. I no longer want to live. He just looks at his hands too. I love that part. Yeah. Like, this is what these are for. He had a Butterbot phone case for the longest time. <laughs> just, just to remember, you know, what yeah. is my purpose? Right. We get a little bit more exploration of parenthood also from the uh, Crusher household, mm-hmm. a little bit from Wesley's early on, and then from Beverly's. I do love Get the more choice. haircuts. Get what, what the heck was with her checking up on his haircut? First off, his hair looked great. 
didn't yeah. need a haircut. Second off, she's got way but more important things to do as chief medical officer than worry about if he's at his hair appointment. Which yeah. also, this is a starship that's got to be like a two second process. Maybe uh, there's a whole uh, like oh, there's a barber, shop. isn't there? Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Maybe his sideburns weren't pointy enough. They I can't remember. <laughs> it's regulation. Uh, again, Xander, you pointing out the sideburns thing to me, I now see it every time because the admiral right? had them, and I was like, oh, look, it's they did everyone that for you too. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. got them. Every guest star has to go shave them that way. <laughs> you know what? I cut David's hair, and now maybe I should just give him Star Trek sideburns. Yeah, <laughs> only Oops. if they're. Sorry, I Tell him to try it. Yeah. Yeah. No, Has David I'll, ever I'll had a beard? It. He doesn't seem like a beard grown kind of guy. Jake, don't shame him about no, his no, lack no. of ability. He can't. Oh, yeah. He's got the sweet He can skin. do a goatee, and yeah. we don't want that. I, we don't I, want that yeah. here. <laughs> this took a long time. I cannot grow beard very quickly. Although, there is a picture of beginning of quarantine when he did his best to grow beard, and then I used a makeup sponge and filled <laughs> in. That's what you got to do until yeah, it grows Yeah, he looked in. just like his brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what That's I should have done. Did you do that, Xander, for yours? I've done that before, yeah. Mm-hmm. If I need to fill it in or if it's thin, I feel like I'd seen that I have before once or and twice. I, I had suspected that it looked spongy, but I never would have thought of that until hey, you hey, now hey. said it. Wow. <laughs> My secret. So no. Well, don't tell anyone. We'll okay? also put this, this photo is just in the between show notes. us. Then he pulls off the pink wig. We're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole time. Ah! <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Admiral. Uh, so yeah. this guy is uh, somewhat rightly concerned that suddenly uh, androids are, are copying themselves and, uh, I think that's definitely a, a thing that Starfleet needs to check in on. But obviously he plays the antagonist in this episode, someone who's uh, going to have oversight over this potentially independent new person, right? Mm -hmm. I wanted to point out it was either this one or some other communication, I think, with the Admiral where Picard is awoken from bed and we get the Picard <laughs> nip slip. And I'm a fan. Wait, that I didn't see a episode? nipple. I just saw some chest hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on. I'm just going to be You should see Becca going. just straighten up right now. Oops. The thought that she might have missed this. She was we'll all tabbed and I doing mean, something. I wrote it down. I'm pretty sure. Unless I was hallucinating. Also, the Admiral <laughs> clearly called when he was asleep and said, I hope I'm not disturbing you. And Picard's yeah. like, no. <laughs> yeah, right, Picard. Like, you dress it like this just off the bridge. Casual. It was, it was definitely some, some chest hair, which is, I don't remember a nipple. Yeah, I thought it, it for sure, just one side. And then if you just screenshot and then right-click add to wallpaper, it'll just make your background right. that, yeah. Becca. Got it. Okay. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Time <See>? code <laughs> Give it is uh, 21, uh, uh, 23. And that's on Netflix or Amazon? Netflix. Okay. Uh -huh. So there you go, folks. There you go. Go get it. You're welcome. <laughs> go get it. Yeah, I knew it. No, Picard can go get it. <laughs> yeah, the Admiral decides he's coming to the ship to... Uh, actually, he doesn't decide. He tells Picard that Starfleet has decided he needs mm -hmm. to go check in on this, and he has the authority to take Lol away if he deems to if he deems that he, she's not in a good situation here. It's really kind of unclear. Yeah. Android Protective Services. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing, right? Again, we if we go back to the teen pregnancy thought, it's like, well, is this is, is she unfit. in danger here? Is, mm -hmm. is is not only is is Data inexperienced, but is he unfit? And mm -hmm. that question is is no. The answer to that is no. Mm -hmm. But 
this is different, right? So we need to go through the process. And so it becomes a big debate, and we actually get a trial similar to Measure of a Man, which mm -hmm. I think the producers were a little bit worried about. This actually, this episode, to give you uh, spec script writers some hope, was written as a spec script by Renee oh. Eshka. Eshkavaria mm -hmm. and uh, was bought by the show and then don't Renee give them hope for one two explain <laughs> what a spec script is mm -hmm. because Hollywood does don't not allow this anymore yeah, don't just people send, say do not send spec, don't scripts. Send spec scripts I'm not saying people should send spec scripts I'm <laughs> saying that the process <laughs> A spec script. People can write spec scripts for uh, exercises, though. But a spec script is an example of a script from a show that already exists. So you can write into a story of an existing IP to show that you can write in that style. And the actually, difference. spec scripts still are used if you are applying for packages within shows that already exist. If you want to be like, I was a writer season. But you shouldn't do them unsolicited anymore. Back right. in Star Trek days, they were accepted unsolicited. The problem is that you would need to sign an NDA and mm -hmm. you could sue them if they did an episode similar, right. but who's yeah, to say yeah. they didn't already have that script floating yeah. around or mm -hmm. whatever. It becomes mm -hmm. a big problem. But it's I was going to yeah. say the difference between a spec script and fan fiction is just what you call it. Yep. Well, that and that's the other thing too is like also like the fans writing spec scripts became writers in television. Yeah. Renee Eshavaria also was the creator of um, Carnival Row. Or like oh, okay. uh, f the 4400. So yeah. like it becomes an opportunity eventually if you can get totally. your foot in the door. And they did. And so they rewrote this script uh, a few times and they didn't want it to be centered on the guest star so much. So they wanted to make mm -hmm. it more also about data having to figure out this role. It wasn't just about a new life form coming to sentience because we covered that so many different times. Now it needs yeah. to be about that life form sharing their perspective. We kind of got that with Deja Q too, right? Where mm -hmm. Q, where uh, Data was playing dad to, to Q, the new human. Yeah, exactly. And so this is just a different version of it. And I, I, I liked this exploration of it. It felt a little hokey at times. but No, because Data is such a good... Because you have this character that has such an objective view of everything mm -hmm. you can it really allows the writers to think outside of their perspective and to think like find new ways of creating like i don't even know what i'm trying to say he's he's a he's a fucking messiah <laughs> and any opportunity to have data teach us things yeah. we love he's all of our father you know well he's he's like a good example of the of heuristic learning right because he yeah. he's only was just filled with information and then had to process it all yeah. and then takes all of the experiences from that point to further process mm -hmm. uh, picard uses this word and i don't know what it means what is heuristic Boy, I always struggle to define it. Uh, it's like it's how you process information through experience or something. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's close. Enabling someone to discover or learn something for themselves. Some Hands people, on. Like with a board game, some people are like, let's just play around. I'll figure it out as opposed to read the rule book or I'll explain the rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm a heuristic teacher. You wouldn't know it based on all our videos. But if I <laughs> teach in person, I'm like, we're just going to start playing and I'll tell you what to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we actually all are to different levels and in different styles. Um, mm -hmm. And so Data mentions it several times, too. And that's actually really the basis for everybody's thinking in this episode. And I like your mm -hmm. point, Becca, which is that they the writers get an opportunity to take a parenting perspective from the most learned person ever who also never like hasn't really lived a childhood before right so yeah. has no experience to reference that but he's read about many childhoods mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. like every like, parents reading through like books before the the baby comes and stuff like that or 
Um, I think there was a lot of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge to parent viewers too of like lol asking question after question after question of like the behavior and then him shutting her down to go to sleep which is like every parent's dream they're like oh a shut off switch (laughs) and that classic question every child asks over and over why is the sky black i love that they did that i (laughs) love that great touch yeah Yeah. show me more father right (laughs) painting no that is a flower yeah. Well, then at the end, she uh, is like the entirety of the female human experience. I flirted. I painted. <laughs> I died. I died. Uh, yeah. Well, are we there yet? Do we talk well, about? Well, Starfleet had, had we, we can to go into the conference. That every admiral is always a jerk. Like whenever <laughs> they come in, they're always wrong and they have bad opinions, but they are Starfleet. So blah, blah, blah. How do we get a gym like Picard coming up through the system? Right. That's why this story is about him. <laughs> well, exactly. It's also him coming up through this decision-making process where he was really on the fence about the independence of this life form slash android for, for some of the episode and trying to figure out how best to define it, right? Mm-hmm. But after the admiral comes to his conclusion, Picard says, belay that order. You yeah. know, you're not giving you, – you're acknowledging Ooh, that they're independent so while while not acknowledging their liberties. And that's, yes, and it's so good to to define that and to say, like, these are two distinct things. And if you say one thing, you have to mean the other. Yeah. And Picard really shows that he is not a politician because he has jeopardized his command and his career. And he stands by his conscience. He says, mm-hmm. men of good conscience cannot blindly follow orders. And wow, is that a lesson to all politicians today? Like, <laughs> just because you might lose your position doesn't mean that you should, you know, say insurrections are cool. Right, right. Yeah. It's just such moral fortitude. Uh, well, and I think one of the good things about this, too, because you get to dislike this admiral so much over this argument and that he's like on the wrong side, you for- I at least, I forgot that he's a robotics person. And then in the end, when Lull is having problems, he comes in to help. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're not just a jerk, you know? <laughs> I liked that. They they also give him humanity, too, right? They don't yeah, make him just acting. a one-dimensional. Yeah, his confrontation scene with Picard in the ready room, too, just about them finally ironing out, like, look, this is a person. It's like, you're you're ignoring, like, Data as as a father here, too, which he mm-hmm. you need to acknowledge that he created her and has that connection, even though you don't know how he can have that connection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah or, I thought it was weird that as a robotics expert, he would be in this administrative position here and be coming in to oversee. I mean, I guess you're good enough at something. You get promoted to the point where you don't even do that thing. Mm-hmm. You just oversee people doing that thing. Right. Um but, you know, even though he tried to help save Lol, he was the reason that she started going in a self-destructing <laughs> spiral because they interview Lol That's and true. Uh, yeah. say, Because yeah. they finally ask her opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he had never met her, so he wants to meet her, kind of suss out her, her, her brain stuffs, and uh, <laughs> is like, hey you're gonna come down to a base doesn't that sound fun what he means is you don't have a choice you're being sent to the base and separated from data and she freaks out naturally because she's been alive for less than a week and is separated from the only family she has 
home, the place where you socialize and live to create a familial unit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we learn that she's experiencing emotions too, which like kind of triples the the load that she has to deal with in her positronic network. So I assume that was part of the malfunction as well. Like data just made her too good. So she can't function. Man, I feel like every teenager would press the self-destruct button if it was this easy for them uh, when you're first realizing how to process emotions because dang, or, can't yeah, we all relate to law? how to process emotions, just feeling everything intensely for the first time. She goes to Troy immediately after that conference and just really great acting of mm-hmm. writing this line between being a machine and having emotions and has this touching scene where she says, this is what it means to feel. And then she freaks out and leaves the room as she goes to go, you know, self-destruct. Mm. <laughs> Poor Troy. What advice do you give? Right. Also, her job as a counselor to uh, generally like organic life forms. This is a whole nother thing, right? Yeah, because yeah. what do you do with all those emotions when you also have like the sum of all knowledge up there, too? Um, well, really the scene that touched me was right after, right? Where Data, after they find out that she's probably not going to, uh, stay functioning at the same Mm -hmm. level, that Data has to say goodbye to her and that she feels for him and then he wants to respond and then he realizes he can't because it'd be dishonest to say that he also has the same feeling. And he, he says, what does he say? I hope to experience that one day too, or? Yeah, because she said, I love you, I think. (sighs) Yeah. And the fact that he can't, but he knows he wants to. So this is is something that they've touched on throughout the whole episode of this distinction of, uh, because Data brought this up with Crusher as well. At the end, he's just like, oh, I wish that I could reciprocate or say that I love her as well. And then we get the aside from Crusher saying like, somehow I don't believe you when you say that. So that produces the doubt in our minds because we're applying this personification to the android. But there's this subtext that Data, of course, Data loves and we can see through his actions that he loves and he defended her like a parent would. Mm-hmm. So it is sad to hear him say that, but we know because of what has been like pointed out to us that he loves Lol. Yeah. He has some type of program in him that like creates a better binding relationship with people he's familiar with, I guess. Right? Like there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a there's an operational process. <laughs> yeah. Baby, yeah. don't hurt me. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, what is love? Yeah. That's the question that Data presents. Because he's... It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that you laid it out, Xander. It is your actions, not your words. Right. That show what love is. How can you top this episode? Yeah, well, I think we we got some good... I think that they had made a good choice in, in having Lol not function because I don't know if that would have been a good character to watch. No. Um beyond too many questions it's a good it's a good experience for data which is really what this serves as right and yeah is definitely like a landmark data episode in some way uh reactions data data says he incorporates lol's programming into his which is really just him being asked a bunch of basic questions and him (laughs) responding to said questions i I also like to think that this this could be a potential for them expanding on Data's programming. If Lull was able to feel and use contractions by Data absorbing that programming, maybe it com- it like makes him that much further along in his steps as well. Maybe he'll get contractions one day. Maybe he'll get contractions and be a real parent. <laughs> <laughs> contractions do lead to parenthood. Right. That's, true. That's how I 
heard. <laughs> Michael Dorn said this is one of his two favorite episodes, the other being The Drumhead, which is also directed by Jonathan Franks, which I don't uh-huh. think we've gotten to yet. And uh, this one was like w- regarded by Forbes magazine as uh, one of the top 10 Star Trek episodes exploring mm-hmm. implications of advanced technology. It makes a bunch of lists as a really big data episode as well. Yeah. Yeah. With good reason. I loved it's it. Good. It's really up there for me. Yeah. Same. And it's interesting because spec writer and right. guest star really getting the spotlight, even though they tried to pull that away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, two guest stars, really, with Lull and the Admiral, they had just as much screen time, I think, because the Admiral was in like the second half the whole time. Yeah, yeah, he was. What's that actor's name? He's in a ton of stuff. You know, it could have just been just Nicholas Coster, voice yeah. to text computer as this the admiral and oh wow as as an actor i'm surprised to hear you say that you just like a role acts to a voiceover (laughs) (laughs) like guest opportunities are how you make it (laughs) you're right i'm sorry i take it back (laughs) i want that part (laughs) yeah exactly there it is see sometimes when we don't understand we lash out or use humor (laughs) (laughs) she felt threatened true uh well next week we're gonna all feel threatened because it's <laughs> sins of the father uh oh where Worf is plunged headfirst into the politics of the Klingon Empire when his deceased father is accused of treason. Wait a minute! In Klingon law, you can prosecute a child for their parents' crimes. That's f. Buckle up. Sins of the father is literally <laughs> yeah. what that means. And actually used to be in a lot of human cultures as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to explore oh, it. Oh, no. We. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on over there at warp speed, eh? <laughs> oh, English. no. <laughs> no. We have to do it right someday. Someday, but someday. <laughs> <laughs>